Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here. I'd like to welcome all those in our, our South Campus. I'd like to welcome those watching online and those watching on demand. I hope you've had a great week. What a, a beautiful week we've had. And I'm glad to have you right here in the church today. You know, we're concluding our series called Time to Dream. And over the last several weeks, we've been focused uh, on one scripture, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. And we've used these words as a way to uh, provide a foundation for a series of these messages. In Revelation chapter 3, it says, See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. In this series, we've been talking about how God opens and closes doors to accomplish his will in your life. You see, I believe that God has opportunities for you. God-sized opportunities. And it's maybe today, maybe it's uh, along in this series that he has been prompting you to step through the door to step out in faith, to go after that thing, that dream that he's placed in your heart. I mean, all of us have dreams. All of us have dreams that we've been believing for. Some of you have a dream to pay off your house. Some of you have a dream to, uh, to, uh, to uh, get married. Some of you have a dream to uh, get a promotion at work, maybe to break an addiction, maybe to be healed of uh, a sickness or suffering. We all have dreams, and so many times when we look at our dreams, we think, man, that that can never happen. We dreamed this, we want it to happen, but oh, we can't ever see it happening. Because we look at it from our own perspective. But with God, all things are possible. And if God has placed this dream in your heart, don't you know that he has the ability to do immeasurably more than you ask or even imagine according to the power that works in you. The power of God that that works in us. Now, the big idea for this entire series is this, that God's dream for your life is far bigger than your dream. And today, I want to talk to you about standing, uh, standing, still standing, as you go through the challenges and the difficulties of accomplishing your dreams. If you're going to have your dreams fulfilled, you've got to learn how to build your dreams on a solid foundation. Jesus told a parable about this, a parable about a wise man who built his house on the rock and then a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the winds blew and the rains came. And we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 24 and following. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not 
does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Now, this is probably one of the most familiar stories in all of the Bible. Now, I think the first detail in this story is that every one of us, each person builds a house. We are house builders. We are dream builders. We're writing our story. We are building our futures. And in this story and in this passage, you could actually take the word house and you could replace it with the word character or you could replace it with the word soul or you could replace it with the word life. And what we see is the materials that we use to build our lives, our characters, our houses come from the choices that we make. We have dreams, and if we want to see them come to pass, we've got to make good decisions along the way. Here's the point. As you pursue your dreams, remember that life is a matter of choices, and every choice that you make shapes your future. Life is a matter of choices, and every choice that you make shapes your future. Too often we get distracted because we focus on the circumstances of our lives and not necessarily on the choices of our lives. Our choices determine our direction. I mean, we make decisions every day. Sometimes we make good decisions. Other times we make bad decisions. We make wise decisions. Sometimes we make foolish decisions. And every time you, you make that decision, you make that choice, you're, uh, it's like you're putting, putting another brick on the house that you're building. And some of us, we've made some foolish choices along the way. Years ago, I had this belief that I could fix anything. I probably still have this um, uh, belief, but I'm a little older and wiser now. But back then, I, I could, whatever the problem is, I can, I can fix it. Now, the good thing is, back then, I didn't have YouTube, because now with YouTube, I know I can fix it. But back then, I thought that, that I could fix it. And so, we had a problem with our refrigerator, and um, there's no problem. I've never worked on a refrigerator. I'm sure it can't be that much. I mean, it's not like a rocket science or anything. So, I said, I could fix the refrigerator. And so, I, the first thing I did, I pulled the refrigerator out um, from uh, the cubby it was in, and it was just covered in um, and dust and dirt and all of that. I said, ah, I found the issue here. So how do you clean off a refrigerator? So I quickly thought about the tools I have, and I went out in my garage, and I have a a gas-powered blower, a backpack blower. And so I put my blower on. I go into the kitchen. I crank that sucker up. I am telling you, it is loud in that kitchen, and I start to blow the dust off of that refrigerator. Patty comes in. She is screaming because there is dust and dirt flying everywhere, and now you've got this gas smell, these fumes kind of resting on her clean kitchen, and and she is pushing me out of the house, saying words that I can't remember, but words something like, You foolish man. (laughs) True story. 
Many of us make foolish choices. Have you ever done that? Have you done something that you said, man, that was dumb? I'm sure you have. But so I thought, you know, wouldn't it be appropriate today, since we are in church, that we have a little confession time? What if we have just a, a mass confession? What if this was a good, this is the confession service? You haven't been to confession in a long time. And so this is your opportunity for. So um, I'm going to run through some scenarios. And if one of those uh, connects with you, uh, I just want, you know, you to think about that. And then we're going to raise our hand and you're just going to admit it, okay? I'll help you draw. If you've ever made a commitment that you wish you didn't make, if you ever said something that you came to later regret, if you've ever dated somebody you know you shouldn't have dated, (laughs) if you've ever made an impulsive buy that cost you more than it was worth, if you've ever made a foolish choice about time or vocation or behavior or parenting or friendship or the stock market or your um, spiritual life, raise your right hand. This is our mass confession. Turn to the person beside you and say, I didn't know we were Catholic. <laughs> now, speaking about Catholic, did you hear about the, the elderly priests? Then he was tired and he needed help and he called the bishop and the bishop said, here's what you need to do is you need to go on a sabbatical. How about three months sabbatical and then you can do that. And sure enough, the priest left and went on a three-month sabbatical. When he came back, he found a young priest at his church and it made a lot of changes. And he said, look, I need to talk to you about some of the changes you've made. Some of them are good and some of them are not so good. He said, you know, the wooden pews, the old wooden pews, you got rid of my old wooden pews. And you put these cushioned theater-type seats in the church. Well, that's good. People like those. In fact, they're sitting down front now instead of sitting in the back of the church. That's good. He said, then you threw out the the hymn books, and and you got rid of the traditional music. Well, you're singing that contemporary music. He said, what I've noticed is that the young people are coming. And so the young people, so that's good. But let me say this. That drive-through confessional you installed... He said, with that neon sign that's flashing, toot and tell or go to hell, that's got to go. <laughs> Welcome to confession. We're all building a house. And we know that from the scriptures that God is very interested in the materials that we use as we build our houses. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 when he says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold and silver and jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. It goes on to say, now if the work burns up, then he will suffer a great loss. You and I are responsible. You and I are responsible for the decisions that we make in the type of houses, the type of character, the type of life that we're building. We can't blame it on anybody else. It's your choice. It's my choice. It's our decision. 
Nearly 40 years ago, Patty and I started building a house. Now, it's not a house of brick and mortar or stucco and, and sticks. It's not that at all. We started building a life together. We started building a home. And what we've strived to build our home with is love, acceptance, and forgiveness. What kind of home are you building? But I will tell you that as you build your home, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And there will be difficult moments that you will have to face. All of us face trouble. All of us face pain. We all face difficulty. When we were married, we made a commitment. We made a commitment. And what we've learned is that a successful marriage has little to do with the circumstances of your life and a lot to do with the determination of your life. Here's just a bit of advice. As you form that relationship, there's certain words that you need to delete out of your vocabulary. Now, you may have a list of those words that you need to delete. Patty and I had our list. One word that we deleted out of our vocabulary was the word divorce. Because we believe that you speak things into existence and that we didn't want to give that word any energy in our home because we didn't want to speak it into existence. And so we have to be careful because we're building a house and in every house a storm comes. In every home storms come, difficulties come. And when you read through Jesus' story, he gives a description of two storms. One that comes on the house, that hits the house on the rock. And the other storm comes that hits the house on the sand. Now, these stories, these two different stories are identical. They're identical word for word because Jesus wanted to make it so very clear that this is not a story about how to build a house how to build a dream, how to build a life where there are no storms. Not at all. You will have storms. Here's the point, that in your life, you're going to face trouble. And how you handle it will make all the difference in your world. Matthew 25, 7 and 25, the rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because that house was built on the rock. He goes on to say, but if every, uh, anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them on the, into practice, it's like a foolish man who built it on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew. Same story here. And beat against the house, but what happened? It fell with a great crash. Rogue winds came and beat against both houses. Winds came, floodwaters came, hit both houses. We all have dreams. We all have uh, uh, a vision for our life. 
But we will all go through storms and we'll all go through difficulties. And so many times as we are going through those challenging moments, it is so easy to give up on your dreams. It is so easy to, uh, to get discouraged. It is so easy to complain. Why is this happening to me? Because it doesn't matter how good of a person you are, no matter how much you honor God, you are going to have some rain come to your world and into your life. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. In this story, the, the house that was built on the sand collapsed, but the house that built on the rock withstood the storm. Everybody's building a house. But here's, the, here's what we don't like about this story. We have convinced ourselves, and we want to hear a, a story about a place where you can build a house where the storm never comes. And so many times you show up week after week, and you're saying, Pastor Marty, tell me about what I can do, where I can go, where uh, the, the storm will never come, and the storm won't hit my family, and the storm won't hit my children, and the storm won't hit my workplace. Tell me where I can go, what I can do to get to that place. Or, or some of us uh, feel like that we're so smart and we're so advanced that we can, we can get around the storm. You know, like you say, well, I'm smart enough or, or I'm rich enough or I have enough resources. I'm successful enough that it's not going to bother me. In fact, I am so smart that I can engineer a storm-free life. But Jesus says, no, you can't. Jesus says it doesn't work that way. In this world, you will have tribulation. He said this in Matthew, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Notice this, each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus said there's going to be trouble today, and there's going to be trouble tomorrow. There's going to be trouble next week and the following week. In this world, there will be trouble. This world's not your home, by the way. We are so focused on making our lives so perfect here. And I want you to have the best life you can, uh, can put together. But I'll say this. All this is eventually is wood, hay, and stubble. Everything that you work so hard on to get the latest model that one day that thing is going to end up in the, the landfill. We've got to learn how to handle the trouble. That's the point. You're going to have trouble, but you don't have to handle it alone. You've got to learn how to handle it. Jesus said, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Who puts them into practice is like a wise man. Who puts them into practice. Like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, Tom Wright, who's a great New Testament scholar, writes about this. Now, in Jesus' day, the way that the old way to God, the old system was symbolic, and it was symbolic primarily by the temple. You go to Jerusalem, you see the, the temple, and some of you have been there, and you know that the temple is built on the temple mount, or, the, and it was sim, or this outcropping of this rock, the temple is built there. Among other things... 
people in those days would look at the temple and they would call it the house on the rock. Now think about this. Jesus comes and says, if you put his words into practice, you're building your house on the rock. When those people heard Jesus say that, they would, what did he say? Because you see, they're living in an old system, and they're thinking, when he talks about the house on the rock, they're thinking about that temple that they, they walk by when they go through Jerusalem. And Jesus is saying something completely different. He said, it is my word. When you build your life on my word, that's where you're going to st have stability. That's where you're going to have strength. Third thing, everybody builds their life on something. Building on the rock means building on God's word. There's something about God's word. It gives you power. It gives you strength. It gives you the ability to discern. And just maybe, this is what you need to hear. Some of the um, prayers that we need to be praying in this world and this week is we need, a, we need a spirit of discernment. That we need to be able to tell what's right and wrong. And, and we get that discernment by God's word. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Storm is going to come. And one day the storm is going to come. And you may have this real impressive looking life. But all of a sudden that storm is going to blow right through it. What are you built on? The man that was built his house on the sand, it collapsed. Now, somebody may ask, why would you build a uh, your house on the sand? Why would somebody do something like that? <clears throat> now, Jesus said this was not necessarily a wicked man. This was not necessarily an evil man. But he was just a, a foolish man. Now, when your kids do something foolish... Parents typically ask one word, a three-letter word. Why? Why? Why did you put noodles, spaghetti noodles up your brother's nose? Why did you park your bicycle behind the car? Why? And, and so often... The kids give a three-word answer to a three-letter question. I don't know. I don't know. Of course they don't know. If they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't have done such a stupid thing in the first place. If you are to ask this man, you foolish man, you have one and only one life, and you knew the storm was coming why in the world would you build your one and only life on the sand? What do you think he would say? Probably like your kids. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a good idea at the time. I mean, it seemed fun. I like the beach. And I just thought it kind of made me feel like I was at the beach. It was just good. Let's build it there. But, you know, us looking at that situation from a distance, we're saying, why would you do that? Because nobody would build their life, their house on the sand, but yet people do it every day.
No couple plans on ending up in divorce court. No human being walks into a bar and says, you know what? I think I'll just become an alcoholic. No man ever has a child and says, you know, I think I'm going to go get so busy in my work and wrapped up in what I'm doing that uh, that I'm never going to be able to spend time with this child. You know, nobody nurses a grudge to the point where you say, hmm, I'm going to hold on to this grudge, and maybe at the end of my life, I'll just become this bitter, old, angry, resentful person before I die. Nobody plans on doing that, but yet, over and over, people make foolish choices, and they end up in that situation, in those situations. And nobody sits down and plans to go to hell. But yet, by their own choices, they make that decision long before they get there. Jesus sets forth this choice. You can build your life on the rock, which is God's unchanging truth, or you can build your life, your house, on the sand, which is the constantly changing opinions of the world. You decide. It's your choice. And your decision is going to determine your future. But you get to decide. What do you do? He said, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. How do you do that? How do you put them into practice? I think it comes to the place where you say, Jesus, take control of my life. That you surrender to him. What I know is that there's a battle going on. There's a spiritual battle going on around you. And many of you are struggling with that battle inside of you. And you come uh, to Stevens Creek on a regular basis. And you feel like that if you come to church enough and you give some offerings along the way and you try to be good to your neighbor and you volunteer at the school, that when you stand before God, all of your works will tip the scale in your favor. But that's not how it works. The Bible says, not of works of righteousness should any man boast. We can't earn our way into heaven. We can't buy our way into heaven. The only way we can get into heaven is through Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross to pay a penalty that we owed. A penalty of our sin. And that when Jesus died and he rose again, he opened the door for us to have our sins removed, washed away. That when we stand before God, we're not standing there alone, but Jesus is right there with us saying to the Father, this one's mine. He belongs to me. 
And to get that ticket into heaven, you just can't earn it. You can't, you don't deserve it. But it's given to you as grace. But the point is this, you have to receive it. You have to accept it. And this is the problem. Because so many people feel like if they can just be around church people, that that's enough for them. It's not about being religious. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's something very personal and it is very private. It is between you and it is between the Lord. Not anybody else. This is your decision. We're all building a house. We're building a dream. We're building a life. It's your call. It's your decision. Now, there is a point that you will go public with that. In fact, in three weeks from now, we'll have a baptismal pool on this stage, and there will be people who will be going public with that decision, telling the world, yes, I'm a follower of Christ. But that's not today. Today is the day that you come to the terms where you make that decision. I want to build my house on the rock. I want Jesus to provide his words to be a firm foundation for me. Have you ever done that? Today is the day of salvation, the scripture says. Today is your day that you don't have to wait until you're a certain age. You don't have to wait until you finished high school or finished college or finished sowing your wild oats. You don't have to wait till you're married and have kids. You don't have to wait uh, until you're in uh, already established your family. You don't have to wait till you're retired and about to go. Yet there are people that make the decisions all during those seasons. But today is your day. Today is your day. Will you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior today? That's all I'm asking. Will you pause just for a moment and say, Jesus, I need help. I need you. So I want you to just think about that. We're going to get ready and pray in a few minutes. And I really believe that God is going to do a work in here. Because there are some of you that came through these doors, and you came through our South Campus. And you walked through those doors, and you just felt, you just didn't feel good. You just felt maybe shame, or you felt guilt, or uh, you felt just the weariness of the world. And you're just trying to keep up with everybody else, and it's just wearing you out. Today, I want you to lay those burdens down. I want you to lay that guilt and that shame and that waywardness and all of the junk that you've been dealing with. Just lay it down. Surrender. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Every bit of it. I'm giving it to you. And I believe if you'll give your life to him and leave that stuff here when you walk out of here, when you walk out of that South Campus, when you log off of your computer after watching this, when you turn off your television after watching this, that you will sense Jesus inside of you. And when Jesus comes inside of you and moves inside of you, your life is going to be changed. It's going to be different. So today, we're completing this Time to Dream series today. And we've been working toward this for seven weeks 
So today is the day where your life can start. Today is the day where your life can start over and Jesus can make you new. So let's pause for a moment and let's just bow our heads. And I just want to talk to you. Nobody looking around in our South Campus. Just bow your heads. Nobody looking around. How many of you in this room would say, Marty, you're talking to me. I want to be saved today. Let me see your hands all over this room. Yes, all over this room. Yes, 20, 30. Yes, all over this room. You can put them down now. Today is your day. I believe that this prayer that we're going to pray, that you're going to have your life changed in the very reason that you're here. Now, there's still some that didn't raise your hand, but, but you can still pray with this. Pray with me on this, okay? I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Father, I just thank you so very much for this moment that we have. This is a God moment. That, that's how we would describe this, Lord, because we sense your presence in this place. And Lord, there are people here, many people here that are ready to take that step. They're ready to be saved. And if that's you, say, I want you to pray this prayer. Jesus, say that. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Say that. Say, come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Say that. Jesus, forgive me. I want you to pray this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. Say that. Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. Change my life. Make me new. I surrender to you. Say that. Jesus, I surrender to you. And today, I receive your forgiveness. Say that. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your spirit. I receive new life in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I'm praying also for those individuals that have been saved and they're rededicating their lives today. I'm praying for those that have come in this place in our South Campus with a burden, that this moment, God, that that burden would start to lift. I pray, Father, for those individuals right now that are, are just uh, vacillating between two opportunities. I pray in the name of Jesus that it would be made so clear to you that your eyes would be open to the path that you're to take and that you will boldly step out in faith. Father, close the doors that they're not to walk through, but make it very clear and open the door wide that they are to step in to their purpose, into their dream, into their lives. I pray, Father, that you would bring Holy Spirit energy into our lives so that we can be the people that you uh, have created us to be. So we receive your spirit and we receive what you have for us. Say that. Say, Jesus, I receive what you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.